You look over here for your answer. You look to that agency for your answer. You look to that man. Maybe he has your answer. Your answer is in the gospel. Jesus bore your chastisement. Your answer is in the gospel. And when you get your heart and your mind on that gospel and nothing else, then I will bring to you your answer just like I sent that little boy with the three barley loaves and the two fish to feed 5,000. There's where your answer is. Amen. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. You through? Amen. You got something? You have an interpretation? I don't think so. Okay, then I'm going to begin. I got stuff in my heart, but I don't think I want to speak it. Okay, if you would go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, I'm going to begin there. We've got about 14 minutes left. It says, Who also has made us, Jesus and the Father, able ministers of the New Testament? Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Let's look at that again. It says, who also has made us able ministers, even us women. You know, i got to say something. I have gotten many emails. You're a woman, you can't preach the gospel. I can't teach, but I can preach the gospel. And you know how I know that? The first person to preach the gospel after the Old Testament was a woman was a woman. Do you know when they brought Jesus to the temple one week old, Simon picked him up and talked to his parents about who they were holding in their hands. But it was Anna, a prophetess, that stepped out and spoke to everybody around her and said, you see this? That's our redemption. That's our redemption. Anna was the first to preach the gospel. So think about that. Now, who also made us able ministers, even us women, of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Do you know, I grew up in a denomination that preached the Bible, but they didn't do it by the Spirit. They did not have the Spirit. Do you know that even Jesus didn't preach without the Spirit? Even Jesus had to have the Spirit to preach. He said, none of these words are my words. These are the Father's words. And how did Jesus get the Father's words? He had the Spirit in him. How come we're preaching this word without the Spirit? If you are preaching the Bible without the Spirit of God speaking out of your mouth, you're preaching death. And that's what I grew up in. You know, they would preach every week. We'd sing about the love of God and about Jesus, but it never got into my heart why it wasn't the Spirit. Now, go with me to 1 John 4. I, uh, I'll share with you, I have, I have a child's heart. In my heart, I'm a child. I have never really grown up. You ask my children, they, they would look at me, we would go somewhere and I'd be playing right along with them and they'd look at me and they'd say, Mom, are you ever gonna grow up? No. I have a child heart, a child's heart. And sometimes God speaks to me out of that child's heart. And there are times that God has given me um, 
pictures in my spirit, pictures, profound pictures. And that's how he has taught me the gospel. He'll show me uh, in my spirit a picture of the gospel. And I will feed off of that picture. I'll delight to look at that picture. And the more that I look on that picture, the more understanding I get. The spirit ministering to me. And he'll minister the word of God that matches the picture. There's always the word of God. And sometimes he has given me these, these pictures in my spirit. And I'll say, all right, chapter and verse. Chapter and verse. And he will give me the chapter and verse. And that becomes alive in me. It becomes revelation. For the past two weeks, there's been a picture in my heart. And it has been a very profound one. And it has ministered much to me. But I didn't get the total understanding until this morning. In that picture, and that's the only way I can describe it. What I see in my spirit is Golgotha. Dole was there. When he was sitting at the tomb of the garden, if he looked to his right, there was Golgotha. I see Golgotha. I see the cross above it. I, I see it in different angles, but I see the cross. I see Jesus on it. Now, it is not complete detail, but I see Jesus on it. I see that he's hanging there and that his arms are kind of like this, but they are much longer than what you would expect an arm to be. And it makes sense because the bones are out of joint. That is Psalm 22. That is Isaiah 53. Go look at it. Every bone out of joint. Well, if his bones are out of joint, the elbow isn't connected to the forearm or the wrist. And, and so he's stretched out. And the rest of his body is kind of crumpled up at the bottom. The bones are all out of joint. And his head is down. I cannot see his face. But I see the hair. And I see in this picture that he has just died. Just died. And I see that the soldier has pierced his side. And I can see the blood uh, pouring down off of his body onto the cross, onto the ground. But the most beautiful thing about this picture, and that is a beautiful picture. It is a beautiful, strong, powerful picture picture. But what is so profound about it is it's in the dark and there are dark clouds above him. Jesus isn't the only one there. The most profound thing I see in this picture is Jesus is not the only one there. It says in, uh, it says in Genesis 1, and the spirit moved upon the face of the waters and God spoke. When that happened, there were three people when the earth was formed. The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit moved upon the face of the waters. In that picture is the Spirit. He's there. He's there. I know he's there. And I also know that the Father's there. The Father is there. You know, it says in, uh, it says in Exodus that when, the, when the, the Israelites were going through the Red Sea, that God looked down through the cloud and he could see the Egyptians going into the Red Sea after him. He was watching the father was watching in this picture, this thing that I see, the father is right there, right there. And I keep seeing this picture and I kept asking God, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me? I know, I know, I know that gospel. Well, this morning I got up early. I went downstairs and I was outside and I knew this picture I was going to share about. I said, what do you want to tell me? First John 4. Verse 7, beloved, I've ministered this a couple weeks. Let us love one another for love is of God. 
Love is of God. You know, the human being did not come up with love himself. Love is of God. Your love that you have in your heart came from God. It says, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God is love. It said, then this was the manifested, the love of God toward us. This is how God proved it to you. This is how God proved it to you. You know, I've had some gentlemen in my lifetime that said, oh, Kathy, I love you. But they didn't prove it. This God proved it. This God proved it. It says, this was manifested, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And it's the next verse I'm after. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. We didn't love him. We didn't love him. We didn't even know him. We didn't even want to know him. But it says, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be, to be the propitiation of our sins. Sent, yes. I've got to talk one minute. All right. Um, I heard another famous preacher say, A woman was the first to preach the gospel. You know who that famous preacher is? Was? No. Can I think it? But let me tell you. I attended two meetings of Catherine Coleman's. Two. And what you just said about what you saw, Jesus? Yeah. Catherine Kuhlman would say. I see this. I see that. Sounds like Catherine Cook. I'll turn it back to you. Okay. We got four minutes left. I do want to go over this. Send his son to be the propitiation. Propitiation. What I saw was a God appeased. What I saw was a God that was appeased, appeased, satisfied. Now, he will be more satisfied later. If you will turn with me to Isaiah 53. I guess I got to go there. Isaiah 53, verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. It pleased him to bruise 
Jesus. He has put him to grief. Do you know what I saw was a God appeased for you? A God that was appeased by what his son did for you. Jesus went to the cross for you. He did not go to the cross for himself. He had nothing to go to the cross for. He had no sin. He was the son of God. Son of God in a flesh body. In a fleshly body. And he had to have that body. He had to put that body on the tree. And he had to have a body for you and I. He came and took a human's body for you and I. Because he knew that a God couldn't carry sin. And a God couldn't carry poverty. And a God couldn't die. And a God couldn't go to hell. And a God couldn't pay for sin and curses and everything that put us away from God. That Jesus became that appeasement. He became the thing that made God happy. And what's it say? Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. In that picture that I saw, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was finally appeased. Finally appeased. Clear back to Adam. Finally appeased concerning you and I. Concerning you and I. And because of that blood, because Jesus was willing to give it. Because Jesus was willing to give that blood to the Father, you and I have been made righteous. You and I have been justified. We've been sanctified. We've been set apart to the Father, and it's a very happy Father that sees it. He was appeased. He was appeased with that body on the cross for you. And now, we have two minutes left. I'm going to give it back to Dole, and I'm going to let him finish it. Well, <laughs> I know you. I've been working with you for almost nine years. And I'm, I'm convinced you'll be speaking by the Spirit that God is healing somebody there, here, there. Did you hear that? I hear it. I've experienced a little bit of it, yeah. Huh? I've experienced a little bit of it, yes. Yeah. You know what that's saying? As you know, God showed me a vision of me standing in the middle of a big stadium full of people. I said, Lord, who's that? He said, that's you. That's you preaching. When you started that, I thought, my God, this sounds like Catherine Coleman. And she did it in big crowds. 30 seconds. You had a vision of me speaking to a crowd. I know. Thank God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Just speak Jesus and be saved. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd 
at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.